Hello, chef, and welcome to the first episode of the Bake Like a Chef podcast. You can call me Mad. You can call me Chef Mad. You can call me Chef. I will respond to any of those proudly. We are here to help new and existing bakers and pastry chefs grow their skills, grow their careers, and ultimately become better pastry chefs. So let's get started. So I wanted to quickly run you through why we're here, why I'm here providing this for you, and uh, what to expect out of this podcast and everything that it supports. So I'm here to help you grow your skills, grow your career, so that you become a better pastry chef. And this could be to expand into new roles, or it could be for you to start your own business, or possibly you have your own business and you want to grow your product offering. Regardless of what it is, I'm here to help you pick up new skills or improve existing skills that will help you become a better pastry chef and achieve your goals. The other reason I'm here is that culinary training is expensive and it doesn't seem like a tremendous amount of money. It doesn't seem like an impossible amount of money until you think about the wages you earn as a professional pastry chef. Whether saving ahead of time or paying off a student loan, it is nearly impossible to pay for culinary school with the wages you earn in the profession. There are very few that make it to that point. And so I'm here doing everything I can to provide this so that you don't have to incur that expense. So just a little bit about me. I got started uh, baking when I was probably about 10 years old. And it was mostly because I really enjoyed sweets. And though we had them around the house occasionally in the form of like purchased cookies and muffins and in pastries, I really enjoyed them. And so I learned to make them. And I was fortunate in that we generally had everything that you needed to make pastry at home. And this means I failed a lot. As a 10-year-old, I failed a lot. But I kept trying because in failing, you learn how not to do things, but you also learn how what you did impacts a final product. So we always had, uh, let's see if I can do this, flour, milk, butter, or some sort of fat like Crisco, eggs, uh, oftentimes a packet of yeast, uh, sugar, things of that nature around and additional ingredients like vanilla, cocoa powder, baking soda, baking powder. We always had those around. So it made it easy to get into baking. Uh, we also had something that my mother had left over from probably the seventies or eighties, which were these subscription recipe cards where you had this beautiful picture on the front and uh, formulas on the back and I remember really enjoying going through those because they were really interesting. They were all staged very interestingly, like they would put the food in context and take a nice photo of it, print it on the front. So it was inspiring in many ways. And you can see me 10 years old living from a 10 year old's perspective in the middle of nowhere because I couldn't get anywhere on my own uh, based on where we lived, looking through those cards and needing to engage and make things. And, and, and I would do just that. And so I got started fairly early. And I remember, you know, when I was 10, I was probably making scrambled eggs and things like that. But also I would make things like uh, 
chew dough. And maybe I would get instant pudding and fill the chew dough, but I made the chew dough. And, you know, you get positive reinforcement for that sort of activity when you're 10 years old. Everyone's surprised and they appreciate it. So that drive continued straight through high school and, you know, until today. But for the purpose of the story, it continued through a time when everyone around me, including my family, started to talk about college. And I was fortunate in that moment in that um, my family really supported me in going to college. I have to say that at that age, I wasn't necessarily very interested in a traditional education. But I had, you know, brothers and sisters before me who pursued that path and it was the the thing to do so i i pursued the same thing i I looked at some of the more expensive culinary degrees that are paired with liberal studies degrees uh, but there was no way that i or my parents or anyone around us could afford anything like that so i pursued a much less expensive path through liberal studies degree but where that left me after college was feeling kind of empty right so I really enjoy baking and pastry. I enjoy the design of it. I enjoy the consumption of it. I enjoy sharing it. But I am now out of college with uh, a series of technical skills, but I still felt like there was something missing. So I decided to go to culinary school, and I went for baking and pastry specifically. I did fairly well was able to get an internship with a, with a great chef uh, and learned quite a bit and then pursued that career for a little while. But what I found very quickly stepping out of my degree was that the wages would never pay for the cost of the degree. And frankly, the, the only way I was able to pay it back was by doing something that was not in the industry. I was able to get a quote-unquote normal job and earn normal wages to pay back those loans, but I certainly did not do that by baking things or creating pastries or working in a hotel or working in a restaurant. So the reason why I'm here is that I'm hoping to hand this information back to a community of people that I think deserve a break, that this information is commonly accessible, it is age-old, and as much of it as I can get out there and provide it to you, someone who's passionate about pastry and wants to learn, the better off I'll be, the better off you'll be, because um, it will hopefully help prevent you as we grow together and we explore, it'll prevent you from having to spend a tremendous amount of money on culinary school. So my hope is that you are looking at the world you are in and you're driven by your passion for pastry and you commit to working on your skills each day because you're not going to make it through the work that's required in learning the the art of baking a pastry without a passion for what you're doing and a passion for the people that you're serving. So I'm hoping that this experience along with everything else you do will help you get your next job. It will help you start, start a business. It will help you maybe step up. Maybe you were trying to get a promotion and this will help you elevate your skill sets. Um, but I want to support you in making those steps into your next role or into your next set of responsibilities while also leaving you in a place where you can pay your bills and you won't be unnecessarily stressed about life. Frankly, life will bring you plenty of challenges. You do not need to bring extra challenges on yourself. 
So you may be saying to yourself, why a podcast? Why spoken word as a means of teaching this? You know, in a an area where your skills and your work is highly dependent on sight, smell, touch, taste, and, and some sound, why a podcast? So my hope is to support you on all fronts. And the thing I love about a podcast is that I can tell you a story, you can hear the story, you can listen to the information I'm providing, and maybe it provides new ideas, a quick walkthrough of those ideas, why they're valuable. You can imagine what's happening. You can compare it to your current experience. You can think about how you might use it. It gets into some exercises of visioning or imagining the process. And I'll go through that in a future episode, but you can hear about it and absorb it because a part of the way we learn is that we experience something and over time we make sense of it. And so my hope is that you'll, you'll listen to this. And when you have time after that, you can continue learning about it. So maybe one day we speak about bread and you can shortly thereafter, when you have better access, maybe you watch some more videos, maybe you look through recipe cards or formula cards, you look through your cookbooks, you do your own research, you talk to people, you get opinions uh, about techniques and you grow that understanding. And then you go do the work. And I'll say that that's the most important part is that you go and try and retry the techniques so that you can learn from your successes and failures. But my hope is that this becomes one of your early steps in your cycle where you're, you're exploring again. So maybe you baked a loaf of bread yesterday and you're feeling uncomfortable and you come back to the autolysis episode and you listen to it and you say, oh, well, this gives me new, new ideas about how I'm going to approach this. And that's what's great about the podcast. It affords you an opportunity to listen when you have time. You don't have to look at a video. You don't have to read a book. You can do this while you're on the bus, staring out the window, driving to work, waiting for someone or something. You can listen in. You know, maybe you're making breakfast in the morning. You can listen while you're doing that. When you come back to another space, maybe in the evening you're sitting down, you can then look up videos on your phone. Or maybe the next, maybe that is just the piece of information you need that you listen to during breakfast. And then you can come back to it and try to, to make that thing again. So that's my hope, is that this can serve as an initial step toward your goals of learning new concepts. And, and it's great because you can learn while doing other things. So what you'll see is a common thread through a lot of these podcasts um, is that I will try to show you opportunities where you can go and do. So I will try to things that you can do that will help support what you learned. And it may be, you know, if this episode's about meringues, I may say, go make your first meringue and potentially use it for this purpose and when you're done, you know, take a few photos and go to our social media channels, post them, maybe have a hashtag, my first meringue, so we can all see it and you share it with the world. So really just to get you out there and to get you to do the work necessary to learn. But I won't do that today. So what I'm going to ask of you today is to simply commit. If you want to be a better baker, a better pastry chef, commit to your own growth. That means learning consuming information 
in sharing with your community. Do all that you can to absorb the information here and then put that information into practice. One other thing I'll ask you to do today is subscribe to the podcast. So go to your favorite podcast application, look for the Bake Like a Chef podcast with the little circular rubber spatula icon and hit subscribe. Once you're there, listen every week. Let me know of your progress. I will give you prompts to do that again. I'll, I'll give you a prompt, um, depending on the episode, to show off your work or show off your progress. But definitely listen and definitely do. The key here is to practice the things you learn, to grow the skills you need, to grow, to become a better pastry chef. So that's all for the first episode of the Bake Like a Chef podcast. Keep baking. Keep pushing. We'll see you soon.